Hello, hello. We welcome you today to Love is Spoken Queer's bonus ode, where Renee and I add our queer voices to the voices of the restoration. So, Renee, you started off the voices of the restoration first last time. So I'll kick us off this time. So this category of voices of the restoration are the translation of the Book of Mormon. And so I will start off by reading Emma Smith's quote, and then we'll kind of get our, get our vibe and feelings off of it. So here we go. Emma Smith. When my husband was translating the Book of Mormon, I wrote a part of it as he dictated each sentence word for word. And when he came to proper names he could not pronounce or long words, he spelled them out. And while I was writing them, if I made any mistake in spelling, he would stop me and correct my spelling, although it was impossible for him to see how I was even writing them down at the time. Even the word Sarah, he could not pronounce at first, but had to spell it, and I would pronounce it for him. The plates often lay on the table without any attempt at concealment, wrapped in a small linen tablecloth, which I had given to him to fold them in. I once felt of the plates as they thus lay on the table, tracing their outline and shape. They seemed to be pliable like thick paper and would rustle with a metallic sound when the edges were moved by the thumb, as one does sometimes thumb the edges of a book. My belief is that the Book of Mormon is of divine authenticity. I have not the slightest doubt of it. I am satisfied that no man could have dictated the writing of the manuscripts unless he was inspired, for when acting as his scribe, Joseph would dictate to me hour after hour, and returning after meals or after interruptions, he would at once begin where he had left off, without either seeing the manuscript or having any portion of it read to him. This was a usual thing for him to do. It would have been improbable that a learned man could do this, and for one so ignorant and unlearned as he was, it was simply impossible. So my first thoughts on this were, the thing that popped to my mind is the partnership that Emma and Joseph had, and the partnership that they had in making this important translation, and the awe that Emma had towards Joseph Smith in accomplishing this. And it kind of reminded me of the last relationship that I was in, was he really pushed me to be my best self, and I pushed him to be his best self. And the awe that we had for one another when we had our accomplishments and experiences together really shows how much of a partnership is needed in relationships in your life. And especially as queer people of faith, as they, as they navigate their relationships within the church and, and kind of thinking about how they start dating and what kind of partners they have. But it really just showed that when you respect one another and when you're in awe of one another, you can accomplish such tremendous things and to really acknowledge when these things are occurring and to just really being there for one another. That's kind of what jumped out at me. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, I kind of like that, like, first of all, I did totally love that they're working as a team. I also love the idea that we're all like a part of something, if that makes sense. Like Emma, her part, she was a part of it at the beginning. She didn't continue to be a part of it, but she was a part of it in a way that maybe mattered the most because she helped him at the beginning to understand certain words that maybe he wouldn't have felt as comfortable. Maybe not saying that Joe Smith was prideful, but there's a comfort that comes from having someone like your wife and not someone you just met, right? Who later helped him finish writing the Book of Mormon that allowed him to struggle through the beginning. And I like that, that comfort that comes from knowing that we have individuals in our lives who we sometimes feel more safe and secure in 
starting our stumbling box through something new. And later on, it allows us to be strong enough to be able to work with other individuals that we don't know. You know what I mean? I kind of like that a lot. Yeah, no, I love how you how you said that he was able to be really vulnerable around Emma Smith because it was someone he really, truly cared about. And I think us kind of beginning the, the journey as queer people of faith, like one coming out and then two coming out in the faith is we can do it when we have people that care about us on our side. So that way we're okay with making mistakes and we're okay with stumbling because we won't be held back from fear of the judgment of people out there. But if we really have someone that we are able to be vulnerable with, it can help us really accomplish really divine things. I definitely agree. I think some of my friends that I was the closest to are the ones that I didn't even come out to them, but they helped me come out of my shell and be more comfortable with other pieces of myself that later on allowed me to fully open up the big Pandora's box that I was hiding, right? For the longest time. Yeah. And it reminds me too of of reading this, how Emma said that she saw the scriptures, she felt, or the plates, she felt them, she saw them. She, she said that Joseph was the only person who could do this and it really gained her testimony. It also reminded me of when I first came out to my parents, I had my best friend, Lindsay there to be that Emma Smith, to be like, I know Dustin, I've seen Dustin. I know this is his truth. And I am now a witness too that this isn't his him going through a phase or anything that I've I've gotten to know his true authentic self on top of us growing up together and she was able to be a witness to everyone around me saying that this is the only way Dustin can be is because I've I've seen I've seen everything that went into it everything about him <laughs> so uh, so now moving uh, any other thoughts on Emma Smith no I'd love to read Oliver Cowdery though sounds good. All right, Oliver, Cowdery. I wrote with my own pen the entire Book of Mormon, save a few pages, as it fell from the lips of the prophet as he translated it by the gift and power of God, by means of the Urim and Thummim, or as it is called by that book, Holy Interpreters. I beheld from my eyes and handled with my hands the gold plates from which it was translated. I also beheld the interpreters. Oh, how cool would that be, man? Like, you get... You didn't just translate the book. You were like able to just know for a surety everything was there. That's so cool. And I feel like that's something to be said for us as queer individuals. All our experiences are different, right? Like just like Oliver Cowdery's experience was to end Emma's. Emma's was to touch and feel of it, but never really fully see it. For Oliver, he was able to see it and handle it and even work with the interpreters, you know? I feel like our queer experience are all unique, but they all are the same thing. They're helping us build our own testimonies of how we want to be as queer members of the church or maybe not members of the church. You know what I mean? If that's the path we choose. Yeah. What came to mind as you're reading that is each time we come out, like the first time it's super hard, it's super um, daunting and intimidating, but it feels like a rush of emotions of like, this is, this feels good. This feels good. And then it gets easier each time you come out to someone else, because it kind of solidifies the fact that this is who I am. This is my authentic self. And so by him coming out to Emma Smith or like 
the Book of Mormon coming out to Emma Smith the first time was like this big grand gesture of she saw the plates, she touched the plates, she helped him through his um, his trials. Oliver Cowtree was kind of the second person that kind of like the Book of Mormon came out to where it got the same reaction of this is a word of God, this is awe-inspiring of how it's being translated, which is kind of like us as queer individuals is the second time we come out to someone and we get the same reaction, it reassures us and it confirms that, yes, this is my authentic self. Any questions I may have had the first time of coming out are kind of done away with or diminished with the second coming out because the reaction was much similar from the person that I did it to. And I think each each time that these, these plates or this Book of Mormon passed through another witness's hands or eyes, it really reassured Joseph Smith that this was something true. I think us as queer individuals as well, the more times our story passes through the hands or the eyes of people and we get the reassurance that our authentic self is truly who we are, I think that really strengthens our testimony, both of ourselves and of our relationship with Heavenly Father. I love that, especially because it builds our relationship with Heavenly Father. And listeners out there, if you would like to join your voices with our queer voices that we're adding to the Voices of the Restoration, feel free to send those in to our Gmail account or send us a DM on social because, again, the restoration is ongoing and growing and all of our voices are part of this restoration as long as we are striving for a strong testimony with Heavenly Father. And so, Renee, before we leave, any last words? I would say don't be afraid to share your voice. Your voice can be soft and mild or it can be loud and proud, but share your voice. Even if it's to one person at a time, share your voice. Let yourself be heard. I think it's the best way to express your heart and to learn more about yourself. And I'd like to add to that is be very careful of censoring your voice based on who you're speaking to and feeling like, oh, I can't share this part of me because then I won't be taken seriously. Steer very carefully around feeling like you have to censor because if you have those feelings of censoring your voice, maybe the person you're talking to isn't someone you should be talking to at this moment. Like, I really feel like we should be our true, full, authentic selves at all times. And if you feel like there's a point in time where you can't do that, maybe you need to kind of pivot and find someone who can. So don't censor yourself, raise your voice up, raise other people's voices up and stay true to the faith. And with that, thank you for listening. And remember to be true to you and love one another until next time. Bye. You've just listened to another episode of Love is Spoken Queer. If you want to join in on the conversation, feel free to send us an email at our Gmail account, which is lovespokenqueer at gmail.com, or send us a direct message on our social channels. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you really love our episodes and our show, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That is the fastest way for us to share our words with everyone out there. So again, thank you for listening.